You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and I'm really excited to be bringing you today's episode. We have a very esteemed writer, an Iowa Hawkeye fanatic. We have Thor Nystrom joining the show. If you have not followed Thor, make sure you do that. He's at ThorKU. You can follow him on Twitter, a Roto World and NBC Sports lead college world writer and NFL draft analyst. He's a former Rolling Stone award winner and FSWA College Sports Writer of the Year. I'm honored to have him on the show, so we're going to be getting into that. I'm talking all about Iowa's football season, how the COVID issue has impacted some of these players' draft stocks, all that kind of stuff. We're talking about all that today. Before we get into any of that, though, just a reminder that Iowa women's basketball takes on Western Illinois, 1-6 Western Illinois tonight, and men's basketball takes on Purdue as well, so be tuning in to those games. Let's get into our interview with Thor, though, right now. All right, I'm honored to be joined here by Thor Nystrom, one of the best in the business at talking about college football and draft prospects. He also happens to be an Iowa Hawkeye fan. Thor, it is a pleasure having you on the phone. Uh, it's fantastic to be here. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Good to talk with you. Yeah, man. So um, you're doing some great stuff, and it, we are in the midst of a very interesting time in college football, especially if you're an Iowa fan. Uh, personally, I'm a little upset about how everything's played out. I feel like they have a team that's ready to compete for at least a New Year's Six Bowl, but that is not going to happen. However, there are a lot of other bowl games happening. You have some great stuff coming out on Roto World. Um, tell me a little bit about some of the stuff you're putting out, um, You know, some of the against the spread type spick, or at the spread type of picks. Yeah, we're going to have a, a mega bowl preview that starts up. I think the, my first uh, bowl column is coming out on Sunday because, uh, you know, this this year is weird. You know, usually we have like the couple weeks where you have sort of the layoff between the end of the regular season and then the bowl season. But, you know, because of the condensed season this year, we're going to have, you know, we have a decent amount of games on Saturday. And then, you know, obviously the NFL is on Sunday, but our first bowl games on Monday. And then we got two more on Tuesday and then we got a couple more on Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like we're in bowl season once we get past this Saturday. So, um, yeah, we're going to have a lot of bowl content at Roto World. So check us out. Yeah, man, it's, it's a crazy time. I mean, I honestly forgot that it was the early signing period on Wednesday. I woke up and I had already posted a podcast and I was like, oh, my gosh, we are signing 17 kids to this class today. And I didn't even talk about it. I'm so involved in the football season. We have basketball season going on. Such an interesting time. Make sure to check out Thor's article. We actually have a fantastic partnership. We're going to be announcing betonline.ag. So make sure to check out his picks and go to betonline.ag and make those picks so you can win yourself some money. Thor, how did you become an Iowa Hawkeye fan? Are you from the state of Iowa? No, I'm not actually. I'm I'm actually uh, from the state of Minnesota and I live in Minneapolis right now. I actually grew up hating Iowa just because my dad was a was a gopher, you know, alumni and and a fan. And then I went to Kansas for undergrad and I covered the uh, Minnesota Twins for a year coming out of undergrad. And then I was lucky enough to get into the University of Iowa's graduate writing program. And so I headed down to Iowa City and uh, it only took one Saturday in Kinnick Stadium to convert me from an Iowa enemy to an Iowa super fan. So uh, I've been ever since, you know, ever since whatever that was, 2009, 2010. That's amazing, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, there nothing beats a Saturday in Kinnick. Honestly, 
that is my favorite way to sell. I mean, that's my favorite Saturday of all time. Just going down there. My wife um, was in school an extra year longer and every single weekend I lived in Madison. I was up there working and I got season tickets for us. I would drive down just to be there for the tailgate in the game. It was just an incredible atmosphere. It's unfortunate. We weren't able to experience that this year. A lot of other things that happened over this year, as we all, you know, well know about um, how has that impacted you from your job perspective though, because you're trying to make some of these picks right And games are getting canceled left and right. We just found out that coastal Carolina, that game is getting canceled. Also from a draft, you know, a draft analysis, we don't know who's going out, who's staying in. Um, how has that impacted you in your career? Yeah. in in terms of like the nuts and bolts of like um, just in terms of like staying home uh, to work, that's something that I've always done. So that part of it wasn't a big transition for me, you know, whenever I had to leave the office, but um, you know, smaller type, uh, micro level things like you're talking about inside my job, like making picks against the spread. I'll tell you, man, this is my, I think this is my, either my fifth or my sixth year doing against the spread picks. I have never finished under 500, um, in any of those seasons, but this year, right now I am one game under 500. Um, and so I need a big final week here and a big, uh, bowl season so I can keep my, my record going. I found it a little bit harder, um, uh, to handicap college football games this year, just because, you know, you do all your work handicapping early in the week. You know, my process starts on Monday. Uh, it starts on Sunday, actually, you know, setting out the numbers and everything like that. And then I do a lot of the handicapping work, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, well, you know, th- there will be games like a couple of weeks ago, I, I was on Boston College plus four against uh, Virginia or plus four and a half. It, it was a, a game that I really liked. Well, right before kickoff, Boston College announces that their starting quarterback and their starting running back are not playing right before a kickoff. So it was like, you know, I'd spent all this time researching this game and I, you know, I'd bet on the game and all of a sudden it was just like the game hadn't even started yet. And I knew I could just burn my ticket. It was (laughs) over. So yeah, this year has definitely presented uh, unique challenges as far as that goes. And then as far as the NFL draft last, you know, the last draft was uh, you know, it upended that because it, you know, it, it it cut into the the pre-draft process quite a bit. This year, it's going to affect it even more because at least last year you had the entire season played in advance of that. And if you ask any scout what's more important, you know, sort of the pre-draft process like the combine stuff or the senior bowl stuff or your entire final season catalog of film, they're going to say the final season. And so, you know, every single prospect, every single prospect has had their season truncated in some way. I mean, even Alabama and Florida are going to play you know, two games less than they otherwise would have. Some of these teams are playing, you know, Trey Lance played what, two games, three games, I think you know, and, and some of these other kids, you know, played seven or eight. Yeah. Ohio State's only played five right now. So yeah, it's, it's just a different thing. It's tough, man. I, I was actually very interested. I want to get your thoughts on this last year going into the draft process. Iowa isn't known for having a lot of high draft picks. I mean, that's just not what Iowa typically does. They do have a couple guys usually getting into the day one, day two talk, but a lot of their success comes from those late day three UDFA kind of guys. And a lot of that success typically comes from those pro days where you can have a chance to perform in front of scouts. That didn't happen this year. Do you feel like more so than other programs that might've impacted some of the lesser known Iowa guys? It might have. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, it definitely might have it, anyone that could have moved up by their um, you know, their either their athletic testing or, sort of the way that they came across to scouts, um, it was definitely going to hurt them. You know, in, in Iowa, um, you know, they, they're a team, you know, a coaching staff that has built a lot of uh, ties with NFL staffs and stuff like that. And, you know, they know a lot of scouts, et cetera. Um, I know scouts like coming into Iowa City and getting FaceTime with those kids. So, yeah, it definitely hurt Iowa, you know, players. But it, then again, I mean, like, 
you know, it, it would be hard to say that it hurt Iowa more than say a division one double a team where, yeah. you know, a scout, you know, wouldn't have gotten exposure to that kid beforehand. Whereas with Iowa, they, they probably would have just from being there. And so there were some kids where it really, really hampered their ability to get drafted in a way that otherwise would not have happened. But yeah, I, I, I do agree that, you know, scouts want to be in Iowa city as much as they can for sure. Absolutely. Um, we talked about and how hard it is to handicap these, these games. And I've also experienced those struggles because you want to get a good line early in the week, but you also want to know what the hell's going on with those games and who's actually playing makes it very difficult to actually bet correctly on some of these games. And then even like this upcoming weekend, we're, we're recording this on Friday morning. We got ball state and Buffalo tonight and Buffalo hasn't played anyone worth a dang. All their, all their analytics say they're a great team, but they haven't played anyone worth a dang. So it's tough to do some of these handicapping. One team that isn't tough to handicap in my personal opinion has been Iowa. Uh, the only game that in their winning streak where they have not covered has been against Nebraska. And you could have argued they should have covered against Purdue and Northwestern. Um, some bad stuff happening towards the end of that second half in both games. Two fumbles, which are very uncharacteristic of Iowa football teams. Um, and then Spencer Petrus and Brian Ferentz throwing the ball 50 times uh, against Northwestern. Maybe you just run the ball. Maybe Caleb Shudok hits that 50-yard field goal at the end of the half. There's a lot of things that could be pointing in Iowa's direction of winning those games and covering the spread. Wanted to get your thoughts on this Iowa football team, though. That was a long-winded way of me saying, what are your thoughts on this Iowa football team this year and how they battled through adversity to go on a six-game winning streak? All right, y'all, I need to quickly pause the conversation with Thor because I do have a very important announcement for you because if you're anything like me, you're constantly on the go, especially around holiday season. You got work, you got to work out, want to stay in shape, probably baking some cookies with the family, um, hanging out with all your family whenever you can, obviously in a safe uh, safe environment, but sometimes you just need to take a second, turn everything off, hit reset, and chill. And there's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that is Coors Light. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill, and it's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Believe me, I live out here in Colorado. I know what crisp and refreshing feels like, and Coors Light definitely hits the spot with that. When you're trying to just take a second and relax, grabbing yourself an ice-cold Coors Light to do that with you. Coors Light is when I choose and I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's right, folks. It can be delivered straight to your door. Just got to go to get.coorslight.com. And as always, celebrate responsibly out there. This message is brought to you by Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And right now, we have an awesome new partnership with betonline.ag. And we also have a fantastic show on the Locked On Sports Network called Locked On Bets. But if you are ready for bowl season, if you're trying to make your bets to win a little bit of extra cash, put in your pocket for this holiday season, or you just want to bet on some of the NFL regular season games, or even, hell, the college basketball season, which has been quite fun to watch, there's only one place that has you covered. And there's only one place that I trust. And that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag. And use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. We have some awesome stuff coming up. Not only do we have the NFL games that you need to bet on, the college football bowl season, there's college basketball, but we are going to be actually working with betonline.ag to provide you some prop bets covering your Iowa Hawkeyes. So if you want to win some money on that Music City Bowl or win some money tonight on Iowa versus Purdue, go to betonline.ag today. That's right. Get on the action. Do not forget to use that promo code locked on and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbooks experts
And along with betonline.ag, nothing has you covered better than Locked On Bets. Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts at. Let's hop back into that conversation with Thor. Just a quick reminder, if you love the content we're pumping out, please make sure to like, review, and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. Give us that five-star review and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. But let's get back into that conversation with Thor right now. Yeah, I I like Iowa a lot. You know, even outside of just being a fan. Um, you know, in for, I mean, from from the perspective of an analyst or from the perspective of just analytics, like like you're referencing, this is a team who you know, I, Iowa. I'm going to be preaching to the choir with Iowa fans listening to this, but nationally, I don't think people understand how close Iowa is or was to being eight and zero. I mean, you know, you sort of alluded to it there, but. The, the Purdue game, Iowa finished that game with an 81% post-game win expectancy. They finished the, the Northwestern game with a 59% post-game win expectancy. And obviously people, you know, at home listening to this, watching those two games, Iowa was ahead for the majority of both of them. Um, and, you know, in both of those games, there was, you know, these these huge things that happened that were required to happen for Iowa to lose them. You know, Sar- the Sargent fumble in the Purdue game was another one. Obviously, you alluded to how many throws they allowed Petrus to throw in his second th- his second start there against Northwestern, which was a little ridiculous with that, you know, when they started out with that 17 and nothing lead, he ends up throwing those three interceptions late, lose by a point. Nebraska was the worst game that I was played this year and 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 they won that game. They pretty much been dominant in, in every game outside of that. And on the field, I mean they really controlled that Purdue and Northwestern game, even though they lost it. And so going into bowl season, um there's not many matchups that Iowa could have where I will not want to back them. You know, I, I think that they're an extremely underrated team right now. Cause again, I just don't think that people realize how good they are and how close they were to being, to playing Ohio state this weekend for the big 10 title. It's crazy. And um, I don't want to harp on Spencer Petras. We've talked about Spencer Petras a lot on this show, as I'm sure you can imagine every single week, we have former Iowa wide receiver, Matt Vandenberg on, and we talk about Spencer Petras because that's what the, the listeners want to hear about, right? Cause he has had his ups and downs throughout this season, but I look back and I think, man, if we had Nate Stanley, this team's eight. No, right. I yep. mean, if we had consistent quarterback play, this team is eight. No. And I truly believe they are set up for success where in 2015, and this is nothing against the 2015 team. That team was special, and they knew how to win close games and figure it out. But this team has some athletes that I don't think that 2015 team did on that defensive side of the ball. And the fact that Phil Parker is continuing to evolve his defense, and Dane Belton has really stepped up into that cash role so phenomenally, that allows Iowa to compete better against some of these spread attacks with better athletes, in my personal opinion. Agreed. Yeah, the the athleticism on Iowa is is far more impressive, I think, um, you know, than than earlier in my time, at least of following the team, you know, in, in terms of the last decade. Um, you know, you're talking about it on on defense. Offensively, it's really impressive as well. Uh, Tyler Goodson's one of the best athletes I've had a running back in. I mean, how long? Um, you know, Tyrone Tracy is a tremendous athlete. Amir Smith Marset is a tremendous athlete. Um, you know, they've been they've been churning them out. Obviously, Hawkinson and Fant recently were tested just about as the most athletic tight ends coming into the NFL that we'd ever seen. Um, so I, I Tristan worse. I, we, yeah. we can't leave this conversation without mentioning the mutant who tested as the a, most athletic offensive lineman to ever enter the NFL. So you one of the most athletic tight ends. Oh yeah. I mean, he had, <laughs> he had longer jumps, I believe than both CD lamb and Jerry Judy, which is just absolutely stupid. 
Um, but yeah, like, you know, Iowa definitely is upping the athleticism and just to go to, um, Petras quick, I know you've talked about him a lot, but, um, you know, I, earlier this season, I, uh, you know, watching him, um, I, I wasn't, you know, terribly bullish, you know, I mean, the thing that, that jumps off the screen with him immediately is the big league arm. He has an enormous arm. You know, he gets he gets velocity on all throws. He can push it down the field, et cetera. But what you saw in those first couple of games is he he's this immobile pocket passer who had not learned how to go through the progressions yet, clearly wasn't comfortable in the pocket yet. And they're letting him sit back there, you know, throw 40, 50 times a game. Um, it was just a bad um, offensive strategy, you know, s- schematically. Um, he just wasn't ready for that, especially coming off the COVID offseason that we'd had, the the disruptions, et cetera. Like, you know, Tracy and 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 Smith Marset, you know, even Goodson, those guys had all worked with other quarterbacks before. And now Petrus is coming in like um, you know, he'd never started before. And so, you know, I but but I do think having that sort of um, you know, trump card of his arm strength, something that you can't teach other guys, I think that makes him really intriguing. And as the season's gone on, um, I've started to get bullish on him. I mean, you started to see it um, these past couple of weeks, especially against Wisconsin. I mean, he was tremendous in that game. Um, And you start to see him utilizing um, that athleticism that we were just talking about. When you have a quarterback who can throw the ball like that, you have an offensive line as good as Iowa does. They they have a top five, top 10 offensive line in the nation. Then you have a stud running back like Goodson. If, if Petras gets his act together like he did against Wisconsin and you have these NFL caliber athletes on the outside, multiple ones, this is too much for a defense. They can't cover all of that different stuff at one time. So you're going to have one-on-one matchups outside. That's what Iowa wants. You know, it's run, 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 play action. We'll pop you deep. And uh, we're starting to see that offense start to coalesce. So again, I mean, that's just another data point for me in terms of like in bowl season, I want to be on the Iowa Hawkeyes and going forward, I'm bullish on Iowa going forward. I think they're going to be a scary team next year. You know, as long as Petros takes another step forward, Goodson's going to be one of the best returning running backs in the nation. Tracy's going to jump up, I think. You know, I mean, like, there's just a lot of different, um, you know, guys on this team. We'll see with some of these seniors and stuff like that if they come back, because obviously, you know, the eligibility clock is paused this year. So, that you know, they're going to have options. We'll see what the offensive line and the defense looks like. But I'm really bullish on Iowa going forward. Yeah, man. And I think people don't realize, I mean, Wisconsin, despite their record, and again, that record would have probably been five and three at the end of the season had they had the opportunity to play their entire schedule. Um, Wisconsin's a good team and their defense is very strong. And I don't care what way you swing it, but Spencer Petras played a phenomenal second half against Wisconsin and doing what he did against that defense is huge. And it is tough. We're probably going to lose Amir Smith-Marset. I, I, I almost see zero way that he comes back. I would be shocked to see Brandon Smith come back, but you alluded to it. Tyrone Tracy is a great wide receiver that we didn't get to see as much of this year as we did last year because we have such good tight ends. Sam Laporta, Sean Byer, we have Luke Lachey coming up, Elijah Yelverton. I mean, there's a lot of studs that are behind these guys just waiting for an opportunity. And more so than a lot of other programs i really trust how iowa recruits their guys because they're focused on character first athleticism second and i think to me that's a winning formula because they find guys who are able to play their positions but are also fantastic leaders and guys who want to work their butts off to get into that program so i'm really excited for this team as well wanted to get your thoughts on some of those those seniors though what seniors in particular do you think there are any that actually do come back i know nick neiman said he's not keith duncan's not i don't think the wide receivers are but i could see maybe a zach van valkenberg or a Jack Heflin, I think they could possibly return, which would be a huge, huge bolster to our defensive line returning next year. 
All right, oh, one more pause before we finish off the conversation with Thor. But if you're like me, you're always on the go. Sometimes you need something to just give you a little pick-me-up. Or if you're a big workout person, you're tired of your you know old stuff that you've been using as a pre-workout, grab yourself a Built Go. Built Go comes in one-and-a-half-ounce packages. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. And like I said, it's perfect as a pre-workout or even just a midday pick-me-up. You can carry it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever or your golf bag to power you through that back nine or just put it in your pocket to get you through the day as you're trying to run errands or hang out with family during the holiday season built go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite your work beta alanine b3 honey and a kick of caffeine it's also got some b6 and b12 to keep you going strong and collagen to promote joint soft tissue hair and skin health not only does it make you feel good this stuff actually makes you look good as well it comes in three delicious flavors peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and my favorite which is chocolate mint right now go visit builtgo.com and use promo code locked you'll get 20% off your next order use promo code locked for 20% off at builtgo.com let's go Every Tuesday at Locked On NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson break down that Monday night football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked On Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must starts, and more. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcast at. Let's get back into that conversation with Thor and wrap it up right now. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard anything uh, specifically. And what's kind of interesting, you know, with with my job, because a part of my job with, a big part of my job with Roto World is... Um, covering the news you know we blurb um, breaking news so we're you know we're always reading tweets reading stories and then and then putting the, the stuff up so we've seen guys um, you know redshirt seniors seniors uh, for other programs some of them come out and say I'm declaring for the draft which this year you have to do in the past seniors didn't have to do that but this year you actually have the option of coming back and then you know s- some of the guys are actually staying and it's really tough you know with 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 these guys like I mean, like you, you know, you mentioned Amir Smith-Marset. I haven't heard anything specifically on him, so maybe you have. But if I was Amir Smith-Marset, honestly, I'm coming back, man. I, I think that that offense next year, especially if, um, you know, th- this is going to depend a little bit on the offensive lineman coming back. You know, Alaric, Linderbaum, Kronk, like, you know, like how many guys, I'm, I'm missing a couple names in there, but, you know, how many of those guys are are going to come back? But as long as the offensive line um, is, is good, which it always is at Iowa, again, the, the skilled players for Iowa, especially if, if Smith Marset were to make that decision to come back is going to be ridiculous. Now, of course um, I, I know the reason why you're saying he's probably not coming back, even though I haven't heard from him that way, because like he did all those antics during senior day and was flipping into the end zone. He gets, yeah. you know, he gets injured. And then he's like in, in the post game, he's like, they're like, Amir, do you, do you regret flipping into the end zone? <laughs> he's like, Nope, not at all. I do it again. <laughs> and then they said that if, if the game against Michigan hadn't been canceled, he wouldn't have played. So he basically, you know, got himself inactive for a game. It didn't regret it at all. So that, I mean, that is, that is a huge, you know, sort of tea leaf indication that he does plan to leave. But again, like Smith Marset, this is a very deep receiver class last year was as well for the NFL draft. This year is again, it's another stacked receiver class. So if, you know, Smith Marset, I I don't see how he could project himself to go before late day three. Why not come back to an Iowa offense that's loaded with a quarterback whose skill set is specifically tailored to sort of leverage what your special skill is in, in terms of Smith Marset, where getting down the field, 
you know, if, if, if Iowa gets, you know, even better at, at running the ball with the play action stuff and then Petrus takes another step forward, Smith Marset could have a really big year next year. You know, and again, you know, Tracy taking another step forward, those tight ends. I mean, it, it's just too many weapons on the field. But but again, you know, just going through the guys, it, it's really hard to say right now. So it's going to be somewhere Iowa fans really need to sit at home and just sort of be watching the announcements because these kids could go either way. Yeah, I do. I completely agree with you. I mean, Amir Smith Marset's only 21. Right. So if you stay in school for another year, you at the worst, you're coming out of 22, 23. And again, you have to look at your draft prospects and also the other part of that class. And the wide receiver group is so deep. And I completely agree. I feel like if you come back for another season, you could be the star. You could be this stud. Because last year there was some hype coming out because he had a fantastic junior season. He decided to come back the senior season, COVID, new quarterback, all those things. There was definitely a dip in production. And you also saw a dip and you know, some of his attitude a little bit at times. I think there is an opportunity to really bolster that stock if he were to return. The offensive line is going to be very interesting to me because I, I think it's without a doubt, we're probably losing a Larry Jackson. Uh, I, I think the tackle class – He's too big of a guy and too, you know, too strong of a tackle to, to stay in, in my personal opinion. I want to get your thoughts on that. Um, but Tyler Linderbaum, I, I, I mean, he could be a day one, early day two prospect, but he's also, a, you know, only three years into school. I, I could see him really loving Iowa and wanting to stay just for one more year. He's still, still a young dude. You got both your guards returning. Koi Kronk, I don't know what his plan is, but Mark Kallenberger started half the season and he got honorable mention, you know, all big 10 he's going to be back too so this offensive line could very much be almost all intact aside aside for Larry Jackson want to get your thoughts on him though do you think there's any chance he returns I don't you know that's the one I I think Alaric's probably the biggest long shot just because um you know he has spent his time there he he has put forward that whole film catalog he saw his his bookend mate leave for the NFL you know at a great sort of hype and accolades last year I I think he would be the longest shot um but a lyric, you know, he's, he's not a kid where he declares he's going to go on the first round. Um, and so, you know, he, you do have that thing of like, you know, is there a chance that I sort of fall into that uh, day three sort of no man's land? You know, is, is there if I come out right now, am I going to go on on day two? Um, I, I think that's probably, you know, after the season when he sits down with, you know, the coaching staff and the agents who are, who have no doubt been contacting him all season and sort of like talks this through. I think he really, you know, we, we talked about it before in terms of like both having the self-awareness of where your game is, but also having the self-awareness of sort of the draft class that you sit in. And I think both of those things are, are super important because, you know, when we talk about the NFL draft, it's a cliche, but we talk about stock. Well, you know, the whole thing about stock, stock is relative, right? It, it, it's relative to all the other stocks around it in the market. And so, I, I think that will be a big thing for Alaric. I'm not sure if the juice will be worth the squeeze for Alaric to come back, but if Alaric feels that um, day two is not um, a really good possibility for him by declaring, I could absolutely see him um, at least, you know, sort of logically um, making the argument to himself that there would be, you know, reason to come back. Cause again, you'd be coming back to, an offense that could be really, 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 really good. And, you know, to your point about Linderbaum, I mean, it's, that's a great point. And, and I think Linderbaum's in a bit, a bit of a different camp where, like you mentioned, as opposed to a Lyric, where it's like, you know, hopefully I go day two, but you know, if worse comes to worse, I'm going to fall into day three with Linderbaum. I agree where it's like, 
best case scenario, um, I declare, and I sort of go on the Caesar Ruiz pre-draft process ride, you know, that Ruiz did last year yep. and he became, you know, the number one interior guy went in the first round. That's what Linderbaum would be hoping for. Um, you know, there, there is that chance too, that he would get, um, knocked into the second round. I, I don't really see him dropping further than that. I, he's that good, you know, like, interior line it, it is a position that's a bit devalued of course but um Linderbaum if he comes out he's going to be one of the top three or four interior guys that goes on day two you know and probably in round two you know d- depending on you know where he comes out against you know Creed Humphrey and you know s- some of those other different guys that are coming out in the you know the the interior class so um those, those are really interesting ones. And then, you know, obviously, you know, I mentioned Kronk before there was, there was bigger hope for him before, obviously he didn't play a ton this season, but that's another example of a kid where, um, you know, just because of the sort of the unique circumstances of this season, um, you know, some guys who were seniors who had disappointing seasons, injuries, you know, depth chart things, couldn't get on the field as much, whatever as they'd hoped. Obviously Kronk came here from Indiana, hoping that it was going to improve his draft stock. He, you know, if, if he had to do it over again, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be leaving Indiana after the, the season they just had, <laughs> et cetera. Um, but like, you know, now would Kronk want to come out? Um, you know, I, I don't think he's, he certainly, I, I don't think he's going to get drafted if he does. So would he want to come back for another season? You know, those, those are some of the interesting things um, to look at, but you know, it would be nice to have a guy like that come back, you know, for, for depth reasons, if nothing else. Absolutely. So I have three other prospects I want to touch on um, before we wrap up the show. Tyler Goodson, does he have the chance of being the highest drafted Iowa Hawkeye running back since Liddell Betts? I love Goodson. Yeah, I'm 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 a really big fan. I uh, I nicknamed him Spin Shady on uh, on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that, but his I did his 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 parents like that. So I, uh, you know, uh, all about that, you know, his his game. He's just so um he's just so slippery, man, you know, and, and obviously the, uh, you know, the spins became a, a, a big part of his game, um, you know, early in his, his freshman year and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm just a really big fan of his game. And so is the, you know, are the analytics as well. Um, you know, sometimes I wish Iowa would trust him a little bit more. I was, yep. you know, along with a lot of Iowa fans was, was hoping his freshman year, he'd get the ball more. And then, you know, in games like the Northwestern game, et cetera, you're, yep. you're wanting Goodson to get the ball more, but, um, he, he's a stud. I mean, there's, he, he's one of, you know, he, despite his frame, he is a little bit on the smaller side, but, you know, in, in terms of frame, you know, you can sort of comp him to a guy like Shady McCoy, you know, where it's just where I, I got the spin shady uh, moniker from. And the, the thing that I like about Goodson is not only does he have uh, the breakaway speed, you know, y- y- we've seen him, um, you know, run the explosive runs where the safeties and the cornerbacks can't catch up to him. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got the, you know, the, the long explosion necessary for the NFL. He also has great acceleration, great burst. Um, you know, like I mentioned before, extremely slippery, extremely, extremely slippery. He's one of those guys who is just really difficult to get their hands on. Um, you know, a, a guy who was like this a couple classes ago, although Goodson is way more athletic than this guy is, is Devin Motors, Singletary, where they just have such good feet. And Goodson had talked about, um, you know, this offseason about how he and his father for years and years and years, um, you know, back in his hometown, they'd practice that spin, you know, and, and, and that footwork. They, they've been doing this for years. So when he looks so natural on the field, that's why, um, you know, but so it's that stuff as a runner. He's also a really good, uh, 
you know, pass catcher, as yeah. Iowa fans know. The other thing is, you know, and I don't think people around the nation know this. And in, in draft analysts, you, you would just tend to sort of look at his size and just be like, oh, he can't pass block. That kid pass blocks. He gets in there. I mean, he'll put his helmet in the chest of a 250-pound linebacker who's screaming down. He doesn't care. I, Goodson is a tough kid. Um, I, I'm just a really big fan of his. He uses the truck stick, too. Like, he, does, he doesn't go out of bounds. He'll, he'll lay a safety out um, right by the sidelines just to do it. So I'm a huge fan of his. And, yes, I, I do think he has a chance to be, you know, the, the highest Iowa running back drafted in years and years and years. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I think about when he's running in a straight line – and somehow he manages to spin. He, him and the guy are in the same exact line. He spins. The guy misses completely. And he's still on the exact same line running full speed. I, I, I just, I've, I haven't seen that. And it's just truly amazing. Um, I think Iowa fans should really appreciate what they're seeing with Tyler Goodson. And I appreciate the fact that Brian Ferentz is trying to incorporate new ways to get him involved in the game. The Wildcat was a wrinkle. I never thought we would have seen from a Kirk Ferentz offense. <laughs> and it is it is fun to see. Another guy who is just a ton of fun to watch, Davian Nixon. Um, prior to the season, I, I want to... I will call it out when I suck at something or I'm when I'm wrong, but I also want to call out my successes. And Davian Nixon is a guy coming into the season that I, I think it was a pretty obvious thing to anyone who watched Iowa football last year and looked at some of the stuff he was doing. But to the outside world, people didn't know who Davian Nixon was. And I said, this guy is going to be an All-American prospect coming into the season, and he has been. I want to get your thoughts on Davian Nixon. He is a freaking beast. He is a freaking beast. Yeah, you were right, man. I think uh, he's – he, was he the number one defensive tackle on Kuiper's new uh, draft? He would have to be. He was top 10 on his, I mean, yeah. so he's got to be number one. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about a guy who's, who's, you know, you know, some guys this season, like, like we mentioned, it's a, a really wonky season. Some guys, um, you know, because of circumstances outside of their hands, you know, were hurt by that, you know, from an NFL draft perspective. So some guys, you know, whatever. Uh, Nixon is a guy who, um, you know, took this opportunity and and ran with it. Obviously his, you know, his, his game is really leveled up this season. Uh, it, he, he's just a fun guy to watch too. You know, he, he's a guy that you can tell juices up the sidelines you know, um, he, he seems like a jolly fella and, and stuff like that as well. So, um, and you like to see the big fella moving, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nixon's and, um, you know, it's, it's super cool to see, um, you know, Iowa's defense get as good as it has. I believe it's SP plus number three right now. I don't know if even Iowa fans coming into this season thought that, you know, like, I mean, objectively, this is going to be a top three FBS defense by the advanced numbers. Um, but it is, you know, in, in, in large part because of guys like Nixon, like their, their game's just advancing so far. He's been a stud. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's the Phil Parker effect, too. I mean, Phil Parker is just a, a fantastic defensive coach, too. But I mean, I was one of those people. When I talk about the weaknesses of this team, I point out the fact that we have lost seven starting defensive linemen over two years. That is that's tough for a program like Alabama to replace. Mm -hmm. uh, now you factor in Iowa, that's that's even tougher. Top of the linebacker group, I was like, man, this linebacker group is young. There's not a lot of experience here. We're also losing Digimon Colbert. Yep. Wow, this linebacker group amazingly became one of the strongest units of this team. The last guy I want to touch on, um, I'm not trying to decide. I was going to do Dane Belton, but let's just, actually let's just stick with Dane Belton. What are your thoughts on Dane Belton, and how does he project as a pro prospect? Because he's playing an interesting role in that Iowa defense, playing more of a box safety role, but also can play that nickel corner. And I've seen some of the successes I've seen from him has been in that nickel corner spot of being able to, you know, let guys off of his zone and, and go to the zone where he's supposed to be and cover the right guys. He's also a willing guy to, you know, go in and, and rush the passer, but needs a little bit more size to be able to do that more effectively. Wanted to get your thoughts on Dane Belton and how he projects as a pro prospect in a couple of years. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting when um, you know, the NFL looks at Iowa defensive backs, you know, and I I don't know if Iowa fans, you know, have sort of caught onto this, but in my opinion, and maybe I'm biased because I'm an Iowa fan, but I think the NFL has sort of um, underrated Iowa defensive backs over the years, um, and I think a part of it is because of the system, um, you know, that Iowa puts them in, you know, where there's a lot of zone coverage and stuff, and and so I think. Um, you know, you have the zone coverage thing and then you have like the idea, which isn't necessarily based in, in reality. It's just the, you know, the idea that Iowa is more of a try hard team than a team that's blessed with athleticism. And so I think like, you know, for NFL draft analysts, when they're watching the film and you're sort of watching, um, you know, Iowa defensive backs or, you know, the, the guys in the nickel role, um, you know, where they sort of get to drop back into um, soft zones and stuff like that and keep everything in front of them. Um, I, I think even um, if these players have the ability to do more and even if they, they do show that they can do more in small, in small samples when those are not the coverage assignments, I think there is a propensity by NFL draft analysts um, to look at Iowa defensive backs and to sort of downgrade them just automatically because I see this year after year, you know, where they talk about like, um, you know, you know the, the coverage schemes, et cetera. And the insinuation being is that Iowa is sort of hiding inferior athletes from um, you know, being in space with, you know, the, the guy on the other side, but I don't necessarily think that that's true. You know, we've, we've seen that we've seen multiple steals, multiple, multiple, multiple steals, uh, Iowa defensive backs, um, you know, over the past decade in the NFL draft. So I, I think that that's a fallacy. Um, and, and, you know, and just as far as like a money ball thing, um, I would be looking at Iowa defensive backs. I I've, I've liked some of the ones, you know, coming out, uh, recently, you know, more than uh, the rest of the media in part because of this, um, you know, and I, I think going to a kid like Belton, obviously he's got um, really good size, you know, especially, you know, you're, you're talking about a guy playing nickel, playing, you know, in the box, playing close to the line of scrimmage, et cetera. Um, I think something really important for him um, in the same way as it is for other Iowa defensive backs is to go to um, Indianapolis and test really well, because then he's not going to get caught with the, the whole questions of, well, you know, you didn't have to um, run after people in space. You didn't have to cover people in space as much as, you know, some other guys did in college. Um, you, you know, he, Belton needs to go out and prove that he is that sort of athlete that will be able to cover, um, you know, and stick with NFL caliber athletes in space, I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with what you said. I mean, look at Michael Ojemudia last year. He actually, you know, he he played it, had a solid career at Iowa, goes to the Senior Bowl. I thought he played very well at the Senior Bowl. I was actually down there watching yep. him practice. Um, he showed that he could do man coverage, which is a very difficult drill for corners in the Senior Bowl because it is they're just on an island. There's not a scheme. It's just them, you know, versus the other wide receiver who knows exactly what they're doing, right? That's a difficult you know, time to be playing. He did well there and then tested well. And look at him getting drafted in the third round. And um, I would say having success for a third round corner for the Denver Broncos had some issues in the middle of the season, but uh, I couldn't agree more Thor. Um, I have to say you had the best name on Twitter. Uh, so that is fantastic. Uh, where can the folks find you at though? Any Iowa Hawkeye fans that want to hear more about your awesome draft takes your against the spread takes and Iowa Hawkeye takes. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was it was awesome to be with you today. Um, people can check me out on Twitter at Thorku. It's T-H-O-R-K-U. Um, and then check us out at Roto World. Um, you know, like I said, we're going to have lots of bowl content coming out. And then we're going to have all sorts of just oodles of NFL draft um, stuff coming out, uh, you know, come mid-January once we get past the national title game. I love it, man. Thank you so much, Thor. Have a great day, buddy. Appreciate you, man. 
All right, and that concludes our conversation with Thor. I hope you enjoyed the interview with him. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, really appreciate him taking the time out of his day to talk to us. Um, always a fantastic conversation. Such a smart guy in the industry. And the fact that he loves the Hawks uh, makes it even better. So make sure to go follow him on Twitter. And if you love the show, give us that five-star review. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe wherever you download the podcast app. Hawkeye Nation, I always appreciate the listenership, your attentiveness, and tuning in every single weekday as we drop a show for you covering your beloved Iowa Hawkeyes. As always, stay safe out there, and let's go Hawks.